the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is our Pastor Joe Sutton, and I'm uh, here to you this afternoon, uh, this, this Saturday afternoon as we uh, wrap up the month of February. It's, it's uh, man, it's, it, it, the month went quick for me. You know, it's just a, a like a whirlwind and uh, getting things done and, and looking up. And I got a call from a pastor friend of mine. He's uh, he's having a 10-year celebration of ministry tonight, uh, Urban Jerusalem, uh, one of the first hip-hop churches in uh, Minneapolis, and Pastor Stacy Jones. And they're doing a 10-year uh, celebration uh, on 18, 1815 Emerson tonight, uh, 7 o'clock. And uh, he said, uh, can you give me three or four minutes? And I said, when? He said, Saturday. And I said, I thought about it, and I said, oh, man, it is the end of the month, isn't it? I was like, oh, my goodness, we're going into March. In the acting, it's a March. I say we're we're almost out of our gray day time, you know. Uh, I, I I so get ready. Spring is coming. Uh, and all the different celebrations that we have coming in springtime to signify summer. And to me, uh, I look forward to the spring for because it's a time to get back out and and uh, reach out to people and evangelize and and uh, come up with witty ways to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with folks. But last week, you know, I had the, the honor and privilege one of them uh, once in a millennial times to get my wife to to do uh, ministry with me. Uh, yeah, I remember the first time that before we got married, I was uh, I was down in Dallas and I was doing a I was doing a youth retreat for uh, uh, Tony Evans's church, and my wife came along with me and served as a counselor in one of the cabins, and and that was the last time we did something together. <laughs> And, uh, and so we were down there at the uh, retreat together, visiting with some pastor friends of mine, and uh, and uh, powerful time. Had a great time. But my wife is more quiet; she's uh, shy. She stays in the shadow. We had this running joke in our house. You know, uh, my wife. You know, she can't decorate. She can't fry chicken, but she's a great pastor's wife. You know what I mean? So she 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 does what she does to allow me to do what I do, and I'm appreciate that. And and I and I really love her for that. You know, the other day. You know, when she asked me what what can we do for my birthday, and I don't even celebrate birthdays or anything like that, and I answered her, and she was shocked that I answered. I said, "There's something you can do," and and uh, and so she was just shocked because I say nothing all the time. And this time, I thought of a way to get her on my radio program so you guys can have an opportunity to hear her and and share and realize that there there is somebody, there is somebody for everybody. If I got somebody, there's somebody for everybody. That's how, that's how you have to look at it because uh, she definitely, definitely, definitely. Has to put up 
uh, with a lot with me. So when I think about marriage and, I, you know, just looking at marriage and, and, I, and I love the topic of marriage and I just want to put a plug in for uh, I know next weekend is the uh, Family Life week, Weekend to remember a uh, great marriage conference. You know, if I wasn't going out of town, I'd go. Uh, me and my wife would be there ourselves. It's, uh, it's down at the Marriott. And it's put on by Family Life Ministries. It's just a great place to go. We really love it. Just solidly word-based, um, you know, get to spend time together, go through the word together. And sometimes uh, you don't even get to do that. Even 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 me and my wife, as you know, as, as a pastor and, you know, a pastor's wife, you know, sometimes the heckness of, of her job and, and then me running around that we don't get a chance to sit down and go through the word together, you know, uh, as much as we like to. We do make sure we do it on a regular basis, but uh, but not as much as we like to a certain season, especially that season, you know, tax season, you know, accountants and, and just running back and forth. You know, you can kind of get lost in the, in the maze. And uh, and then in April, Pastor Sam Nero is having uh, is Let's Stay Together, Marriage Retreat. And that's the uh, last weekend in April. I think it's April 24th through the 26th. Uh, you'll have more on that. And I bring Pastor Sam back in to talk about that. And, and we'll, we'll we'll talk about marriage again, you know, within the next couple of months. And, you know, and I, I, I hate it to, to theme, but um, next month in March, uh, we're going to talk about worship. And so, uh, and I think the greatest form of, of, of worship is when uh, people live together in harmony, when they can live in oneness. And marriage demonstrates that more than anything else. Um, uh, you know, I really, you know, I love my wife. I, I just did. There's no other way to say it. My, my best friend, we hang out. I play jokes on her. You know what I mean? You know, that's that's when she found out I really loved her because I never played I never played jokes on my wife before. <laughs> and then I started playing jokes on my wife. She said, oh, Lord, I've crossed over. You know, and we were just being friends. And like I said, uh, briefly alluded to last week, you know, we met uh, when she was a freshman in college and I was a junior. And uh, we were, you know, I was just running around campus and uh, I was your typical young uh, knucklehead from Chicago. You know, I was running around. I was happy to be in an environment where, I didn't have to look over my shoulder, and I just thought I was in heaven down there in Tallahassee, Florida. And I, I remember, you know, just meeting her. And she's, you know, I, I didn't have girls on my mind, you know, back then. I, I just didn't really care about dating. I didn't really care about about girls or anything like that. I just didn't, you know. What I mean, I, you know, and I, I had other things on my mind, you know, that were uh, to me more fun and a little bit more illegal. So, you know, I, I love making money, so I couldn't let women like to spend money. So I. It didn't get along, so so that's just what it was. And but over the course of time, you know, I coached a softball team, a girls' team. She played, she played so good. We let her play on a boys' team, uh, and so our relationship was built around softball. And then one night, uh, as I was really searching the scriptures, and I was really uh, took time out of my life, took time out of my activities, took time away from everything, and I was really uh, spent a year just reading my Bible, searching for God going to different churches and Bible studies. And uh, and one night uh, I stumbled over her house and they were having a Bible study and, and then the rest is history. You know what I mean? I, I got saved uh, and I never looked back. You know, I never looked back. So, and she got saved a week before me. And uh, and so, you know, we just kept in touch. And then it just matured. She went from being my friend, you know, to my best friend. And so later on, we said, hey, why don't we get married? So went to that thing. And I'll explain to you how we dated and did things like that. 
But, you know, to me, I'm, a, I'm an evangelist. I love to witness. You know, I mean, my wife knows. You know, sometimes I call my wife and I say, honey, I'm going to be home in 15 minutes. You need anything? And she said, nope, don't need anything. And then I come home like three hours later. And, <laughs> and sometimes her friends tell her, don't you wonder where your husband is at one o'clock in the morning? And my wife goes like, I know he's he's someplace running his mouth with somebody t- talking about the Lord. I, that's just how it is, you know. And uh, and I, I, I'm thankful for it, for how she respects, you know, what I do. And, it, and it, I mean, sometimes, you know, I'm just like almost in the house and somebody comes up to me and, uh, you know, tries to sell me something or ask me a question. And then we end up standing out in front of the house talking about the Lord for a, a, a long, long time. And, uh, you know, and so and so then I'd be like, I was just right outside, you know, what I mean, but, you know, and it's just getting to that point. But she she understands me and she lets me uh, do those things. And so to me, as an evangelist, the greatest thing that my uh, wife can do for me is allow me to evangelize. But what I found out and what I want to share with you today is that in all in all my ability to uh, put on events, uh, you know, run summer camps. Uh, coach sports teams, run tutoring programs, uh, revivals, whatever it may be. You know, I've come to find out over the years that my greatest uh, tool of evangelism, my greatest witness uh, to my peers in my community has been my marriage. And I didn't even think of it that way. I, I just didn't think of it that way. You know what I mean? I didn't think of it that way. You know, I know, you know, uh, biblically that, the the marriage is a reflection and an example of Christ's commitment to the church. And I'm supposed to love my wife as Christ loved the church. You know, you read that, you know what I mean? You read that and, and, and you know that, but then, you know, when, you know, you know, when you're trying to regulate who drank the last of the milk, you know what I mean? And, and when you run around chasing kids, sometimes that just doesn't come out in what, what you do when you're not thinking about that. And, uh, and so, you know, over the course of time, I've had the honor and privilege. I've been in ministry a long time, you know, and, and you know you've been in ministry a long time when people start bringing their grandkids to you, asking you to teach them. <laughs> That's when you know you've been in ministry. I'm only 57, but you know what I mean? In, in an urban context, a generation is 15 years. That's what you got to understand. Kids have kids have kids at 15. So, you know, I remember walking in the kindergarten with my son and I saw two of the ladies from my Bible study in there with their kids. You know what I mean? And here I am with my oldest son. <laughs> I'm coming in there with him at five. You know what I mean? They're 21 and 22. And he's like, oh, oh, Pastor Joe, how you doing? And I was like, well, what are y'all doing here? Oh, this is my son. This is my. I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know, I'm I'm 38. And hit, and I, my kids in the same classroom with these 20-somethings. And, and, you know, but the thing about it is over the course of time is that that they've come back to me. And and share because you know I make a lifelong commitment to the to the kids that that are uh, that are part of my 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 Bible studies or di- discipleship processes and we we form like a little family and we stay in touch and um and they the the main thing they came back and they thanked me for was allowing you allowed us into your home and so I was talking to one young man whom you know who me and my wife both wanted to kill on numerous occasions. You know, because he was just one of them kids, you know, what I mean, them Dennis the Menace times two. And, um, you know, but, you know, we were sitting up there talking one day and, and he had brought his kids into a summer program. And and, uh, you know, we just asked him, he's like, you know, OK, you bring your kids back. So what do you want them to have that we gave to you? And he said, 
He said, do you still let kids spend the night at your house and come by your house and wait? I said, yeah. He said, that's what I want her to see. You know, that's what I want her to see. He said, coming by your house and waiting, and, and usually waiting meant like a parent uh, needs to pick them up or like we start at 930 and the parent has to be at work at 7. I'll let the parent drop the kid off in my house and eat breakfast with us and, you know, just watch us get dressed in the morning. Or they, sleep, they sleep on the couch till we get up. And um, he said, being around you let me see what a family was like. And watching you travel as we travel as our track team, you know, travel to different places like this summer. We'll travel to Sacramento and seeing how you, you know, you interacted with your wife and your kids and, and being able to see that allowed me to set a foundation for how I wanted my family to be done. And, uh, and you know, and that wasn't even in the plan. That wasn't in the plan to do that. You know, sometimes people look and they say they just admire how me and my wife get along and, and what we do, and and uh, and we let people stay with us, y'all. I mean, we we do. We well, for about and our kids' formative years, you know, when they start getting like eight or nine, we stop for a few years. But you know, if, if somebody's hurting and has no place to stay, you know, uh, we have a room that we let people let people stay with us. And so, uh, the last two or three years, we've had different people, and you know, the kids just call them uncle. And uh, and you know, and you know, he just came and said, "Man, I I, I love the way you love your wife, and, and I love the way you love your husband." And, and we never started out embarking. You know, we just love each other and want to do whatever God says for us to do. But what I want you to think about today is: it, it, is your marriage a living witness of God's love for His church? Is your marriage a living witness for God's love for His church? Like I said, I didn't plan it that way. You know what I mean? You know, and I I can plan some things, but I never thought about, you know, honey, this is how we're going to live our life. This is how we're going to be vocal. This is how we're going to you know, do some stuff. You know, me and my wife shared last week how, you know, instead of going to the lake and walking around the lake, we would walk around the neighborhood. And in our neighborhood has a high rate of, you know, of, uh, you know, just children born out of wedlock. And uh, and so as one lady saw me and my wife pushing our son in a stroller around the neighborhood, she just, you know, she looked like she's about 16, 17 with her baby, she just told her friend, she said, wow, I wish, I wish, you know, my man would walk with me. You know what I mean? And and my wife thought that was powerful because we would walk around, we'd walk around uh, parks and watch high school games and do some things like that. And, and just to be a part of the community and, and go that route. But not doing it with the intent to be in that witness. But but after a while, after hearing these guys say that, I realized that, that and we weren't trying to be a witness. We were just trying to be biblical. You know what I mean? Some people... Tease me and my wife saying we were born in the wrong century because of the way we act and some of the the the, the morals and things and things that we allow and don't allow in our house. Uh, but the thing about it is, is that in everything we do, we should give glory to God. And especially in our marriage relationship, Jesus said this greater love have no man than this than to lay down his life for his friend. And my wife is my friend and I will lay down my life for her. I would lay down the Super Bowl for her, you know, if she wanted to do something else. Uh, I'm pretty sure she'll, you know, probably put away that book a little while for me, you know what I mean? Because, you know, my wife's just not a watcher. She's just more of a reader, you know. But the thing about it is, is that that we have to live our life in such a way that it comes into point that it brings it brings glory to God. And, you know, what I want to share with you today is ask you that question. Is your marriage glorifying God? Does it draw people? to want a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
does it make your children say, I can't wait to get married and I want to be I want to be like you. I want to be like mom and dad. I want to be like think. I think that the greatest thing we can do in all that we do is to be good examples of the gospel, no matter where we go, even in anger. So as we roll up on break time here, you're listening to Isaiah 61 on KKMS 980 AM. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton. Uh, and when we come back, I just want to share some ways that, uh, that, that me and my wife have taken advantage of the fact of uh, our life being a witness uh, for Jesus Christ. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community, Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. When you make nice dinner plans, what happens? You wait for a while, get seated, put your order in, get a refill or two, get your check, and then you go home. But if you reserve your VIP dinner seats at the AM 1280 The Patriot 15th Birthday Bash, here's what'll happen. Immediate seating in a private dining hall with Mike Gallagher, Dennis Prager, Michael Medved, and Hugh Hewitt. Have a delicious meal with fellow Patriots, and you get exclusive seating to the biggest event in Patriot history. Brought to you by Blue Ox Heating and Air. Reserve your VIP dinner tickets at am1280thepatriot.com. Hey, welcome back to Isaiah 61. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. Uh, you're listening to Isaiah 61, the radio program of Spirit of Lord Church. And I just want to continue on and, and talking about it as our marriages uh, being a witness uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ, bringing glory unto God. As I said with you before the break, uh, you know, I never looked at my marriage as being a witnessing tool. I mean, I look sometimes at uh, my money from marriage being a witnessing tool or, you know, those different things like that. But, uh, you know, I've come to find out over the years that the, the strongest thing that people remember about me and the, the, the families that I minister to, the children that I minister to, the strongest thing they remember is, is just how me and my wife interact. You know, I'm the charismatic talk to everybody. My wife is the quiet, off to the side one. Uh, you know, the, I remember one time when I, our first year I was here and I did ministry and I really burnt myself out. Man, I was really just, just going, trying to win the whole city of Minneapolis and half of St. Paul. And, uh, it, you know, she said, it's time for you to rest. And I said, okay, and let's go rest. And we were picking pieces. She wanted to go pick a, a cabin or hotel or something like that, some quiet place. And I said, but ain't no people there. She said, you don't need people, honey. You need to rest. And I said, but I rest by being around people. And uh, we had this big debate. And so we went to a hotel. And as soon as she would fall asleep or something, I'd sneak out in the lobby and go sit around and hang out with people. Because that's just how opposite we are. I, I have to be around people to recharge. I can't recharge by myself. And uh, and she's the other. She has to be by herself. So we, we've learned over the years. And so people wonder, like, how y'all get along? You know what I mean? And getting back and forth. But we get along great, have a great time. 
So when I think about ways, you know, and sometimes when I'm talking to to, to, to younger couples and I'm looking at them and sometimes you look and see conflicts that's coming up the road, but and which is why I really don't like doing this quote-unquote premarital counseling because it's not really premarital counseling. They've already decided to get married. <laughs> no matter what you say, no matter what you bring up, oh, oh no, that won't be a problem. So I've, I've come to the point where I've, write letters now and I, I tape them up in an envelope and I, I let them see me put a letter in a, in, a, in a manila folder and I put it in my file cabinet and I said this is for the next time we meet after you're married and they go like what's that and I and, and when they want to meet because things are hard I pull out that envelope and untape it and, and, and show them usually everything we're talking about is what I tried to get them to listen to during the counseling session but they just wished away no 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 and it comes back up but the other thing is planning first number one is planning you know what i mean uh you know we you know i'm the i'm the manager in the relationship me and my wife sit down and plan we don't do anything unless we reach a 2-0 uh, you know i do whole uh veto power hardly ever exercise it you exercise it too much it means nothing and uh, but we if we go at two o. But I'm the manager. I make sure we stick to the plan. You know, if she tries to come back and change it, I'm usually no, 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 no. Or you know, we'll talk about it and, and go at it again. You know, in our finances, our finances are one. You know, what I mean, we have lots of accounts. You know, what I mean, you know, we have lots of different accounts. But our finances are one. It's not, you know, I, I, you know, I counsel folks that you know that this is my money, this is your money. You know, we just throw all our money in one pot. And depending on what account it goes into, you know, what it's for and a business account or whatever it is, because we run a business together and uh, and and that's what we do. You know, we get a set amount of money for an allowance every month in cash. And when you spend it, you're broke. You know, what I mean, there's, there's no dipping. So and that's just what we do. And, and we set our goals and, and, and we do there. And uh, and so the reason why I said those two things, number one, because those two things carry over, you know, into public when you're when you're out in public. So when we're out in public. We're just. We're cool. You know, we just say something, you know, I mean, we hardly ever eat out because uh, we like giving the missions. Me and my wife are both givers. We'll give away everything if you don't hold us down. That's why we have a $50 limit on giving because <laughs> unless the other one agrees because <laughs> we both would give away the house. We love giving the missionaries. We we love, I think I just probably give as much money to missionaries as I do tithes. You know what I mean? Because, you know, somebody, somebody coming to me sharing something and, and the impact. And I, and and my kids are the same way, you know. I mean, my kids are the same way, you know. I mean, we 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 love to give and support missionaries and do different things like that. But the reason why we can give and the reason why I brought up money is because money represents your life. You give an hour of your life for fifteen dollars, ten dollars, eight dollars, fifty dollars, whatever you get paid now. That's an hour of your life. You trade an hour of your life, you know, to get this money. And now this money, people want this money, right? You know, you know, and then you gotta, you know. Bills and taxes and 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 uh, car notes and insurances and and uh, offering plates and and different things like that. And so when you give that money, you're giving a part of your life. And but and for and so a lot of times there's conflict and money in relationship, and it carries over to other areas. You know, because you get kind of mad, you can't turn that madness off. And when you go somewhere, so when you come out in public, people can tell whether or not that you you know you're not vibing and you're not getting along real well. 
But, you know, we don't we don't have that problem. You know, what I mean, we you know, we, we make sure if we do get mad that we deal with it before the sun goes down. The sun, I think that's in the Bible somewhere. And we try to honor that to <laughs> go and say before the sun goes down. And uh, and, and, and what it does, though, it, it it all of that means nothing if you're doing it superficially. But if you're doing it from the heart, it will be reflected in your children because my children are half me and half my wife. They're half me and half my wife. If me and my wife are conflicted, then my children are going to have conflict. But their conflict is going to be internal. The half of my wife is going to be beefing with the half of me inside of them. And then they start acting out in school. (laughs) They start doing certain things. And so, you know, a clear indication of the level of commitment and, and love and holiness in your marriage is in the smoothness of your children. Is that why pastor kids always act up all the time? I don't know. You know, what I mean, I, I've never had that problem. And uh, and so we you get to that point of understanding that you got to make sure that you're in harmony, you're in love, woman, you're respecting that husband, husband, you're loving that wife, and people will see it. You don't have to fake it. You don't have to manufacture it. People will see it. And, and they will be drawn to what gives you power. Because two people shouldn't get along that well unless... There's a third entity, a glue, holding them together. Our Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua the Messiah. God bless you. Have a great day. And I look forward to hearing from you next week. Hold on. Change is coming. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.